I so appreciate you being here. I want to read to you this morning uh, out of John chapter 14. I'm going to start reading with verse 1. We all know we just came through the Christmas holiday season, and uh, we just went through Advent, uh, and the word Advent means coming. And uh, that month before, uh, those four Sundays before Christmas, uh, is a time where we're waiting on Christ. Now, we know Jesus has already come, but that Advent season is just to remind us of, of waiting for Christ to come. And did you know that in the Bible that there are 300 prophecies in the Old and New Testament about the first coming of Christ? Well, now we live in between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. And there are 1,500 different promises and prophecies prophecies in the Old and New Testament about the second coming of Jesus. So just imagine, if you will, with me this morning, there were 300 prophecies about the first coming of Christ. He has come. It's been 2,016 years later, and we're living in between that first promise being fulfilled and the second promise being fulfilled. 300 prophecies for the first promise, 1,500 prophecies for the second promise. What I want to do this morning is we leave 2015 and we go into 2016. I'm going to read you some scripture out of the New Testament, and then I'm going to give you some simple truth that you can take home with you today that you can put into your life in 2016. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the verses completely through, and then I want to go back and share some things in there. This is Jesus speaking. It's in John chapter 14, starting with verse 1, and I'm reading out of the New King James translation. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Now, I can remember my early Christian life. That was one of the first verses that I came across and that I learned. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And we've used that verse many times to say that Jesus is the only way to heaven. You know, we teach that in Power Kids. There's not many ways to heaven. There's one way to heaven, and it's Jesus Christ. But the context of that verse is he He's telling the disciples, hey, guys, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come get you, and we're going to be together forever. And then Thomas says, Lord, I don't, know how, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how to get there. And he says, hey, I'm the way. Now, if you will, back up with me to the very first verse, and here's what Jesus says. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Can I encourage you this morning, church, with this one simple truth? You don't have to be troubled about 2016. Whatever you're facing as a family, whatever you're facing in your job, whatever we're facing as a nation, whatever's going on in the world, Jesus said, don't be troubled, don't be fearful, don't be afraid. You believe in God, you can also believe in me. Then he says, in my Father's house are many mansions. I love that sentence. Now, another translation says that there's plenty of room in God's kingdom. I love that. There's plenty of room in God's kingdom. Listen, the life that you long for is ahead of you, not behind you. Now, I can tell you, and you know, as you, as, if you're, as you get older, sometimes you can think, 
you know, the best part of my life was behind me. Maybe it was when you were in school or maybe it's when you got married or maybe it's when you were raising your kids. But a lot of times we can think to ourselves, hey, maybe my best days are behind me. Well, wherever you are in life, I want you to understand your best days are ahead of you. It doesn't matter if you're 18 or if you're 88, the life that you and I long for, the life of the kingdom of God is ahead of us, not behind us. Listen, we're going to live forever and we're going to to live in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, hey guys, I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm in the kingdom and it's going to be amazing and it's going to be beautiful. Then listen to what he says. <clears throat> he says, I'm going to prepare a place and I'm going to come again. I'm going to receive you to, my, to myself. Now listen to this. I love this. Where I am, there you will be also. I love that promise. You know what Jesus says? He says, hey, I'm going. I'm going to come back and get you and you're going to be with me. Then he says, hey, guys, you know the way. And I love Thomas. Don't you love Thomas? He says, whoa, whoa. Oh, what do you, what, what do you mean we know the way? Listen, listen to what he says. Don't you love it? Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? Now, you know, I can remember several years ago when uh, they begin to come out with the GPS maps, and you know now they're on all your phones, and probably many of you use them all the times and, and to, to find places. And can you all remember back in the old days when we had to carry an atlas in our car with us? Remember, remember we carried maps, and uh, you know Vicky and I'd be in, be in a city where you know we were in Dallas or someplace, and she's holding the map up, and she's trying to you know all them little squiggly lines, and she's trying to give me directions, and you know I'm driving in traffic and I'm unfamiliar, and you know how those highways go three different directions and she's screaming, go left, go left. And, and, and I miss the exit and you, you know, and you have to pull over because you're fighting and, and you guys that are old enough, you remember those days, right? And you're trying to yeah, remember, remember the maps. Yeah. It, do you know what? Think about how many marriages have been saved by GPS. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think the divorce rate has gone down because all you have to do is turn that on. And then that little voice of that lady says, you know, go 100 yards and turn left. About one time a few years ago, we were in Austin with Kurt and Megan, and we were trying to get somewhere. I'd never been to Austin before in my life. And, you know, I'm like most men. I drive by instinct, you know. I, I don't need directions. I have instincts. And so, you know, Kurt had the GPS on. He said, hey, now listen, Dad. He said, we're either going to do what she says or we're going to do what you say, but we can't do what both of you say. And I said, okay, well, then let's do what I say, Okay. So, I, you know, she tells us to go one way, and I just felt in my soul we were supposed to go another way. And so he listened to me. He entertained me, and he let me go a different direction. Well, of course, we got lost. And so then, you know how she says, reroute, you know, reroute, reroute, and you want to punch the phone or whatever it is you're using. And so I had to decide that I wasn't going to give the directions anymore. I was going to let the lady inside the phone do it. Okay, that's exactly how Thomas felt. See, Jesus says, hey, guys. I'm going to go prepare a place for you, and you're going to be with me. Now, I don't know about you, but that comforts me. You're going to be with me. And he says, you know the way. You know how to get there. And Thomas says, no, Lord, we don't know how to get there. And here's what Jesus says. He says, Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. And there's only one way to the Father, and it's me. Now listen very carefully. You're not going to be lost. You're not going to lose your way. You're not going to end up somewhere you're not supposed to be. You don't have to make this journey on your own. You don't have to figure it out on your own. Because listen, if you have Jesus, 
If you have Jesus, you're going to make it where you need to be. Because Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Now, that's the promise he made. Listen, one of the battles I fought in my life, and I've talked about it many times, is that feeling of being on my own. My father passes away when I'm a freshman in college. And at that moment, I felt like I was on my own, and I had to make it on my own. And I had to, it was hard for me to grow into that place where I could trust God, that God was with me. And it didn't matter what I felt like, he was with me. I could be in a room full of crowded people and feel alone. But God promised, Jesus Christ promised, he said, I'm with you and I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. And just like he told Thomas, I want to tell you this morning, he says, you're going to end up where I'm going because I'm going to come get you and you and I are going to be together in my father's kingdom and there's plenty of room there. I love the King James that says mansions, all right? He says, you're going to be with me forever. Now, as you move into 2016, I want to show you some simple things that you can do to help you on your journey. Listen, you know what Christianity is? All it is is a journey, and God wants to walk with you. And he wants to walk with you on your good days, and he wants to walk with you on your bad days. He wants to walk with you when you're sitting in the ER at the hospital. He wants to walk with you when the finances are not quite there. He wants to walk with you when maybe things aren't going right. He also wants to walk with you when everything is going right. And Jesus said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, and you're not on your own. Here's the first truth I want to give you this morning. Be aware of the times. Be aware of the times. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, I believe the Bible bears out we live in the last days. I don't know how long that is. I'm not here to say that Jesus is coming tomorrow. I don't know what that looks like, but just be aware of the times. What do you mean, Pastor? Jesus said, don't be troubled and don't worry. You don't have to watch the news for five minutes to get troubled and be worried. I mean, there's crazy things going on in the world, and it seems like things are getting crazier all the time. Listen to me. I want to encourage you. Okay, I want to encourage you just to be aware of the times, but be aware that you don't have to be troubled. Our verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, right on the wall says that God's plans for you and I are good and not evil, and that we have a hope and a future, and nothing, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And just be aware, don't give in to that stuff. Don't give in to thinking what's going to happen to us. I can tell you what's going to happen to us. Jesus is going to come and get us, and we're going to be where he is, and we're going to be with him forever, and it's going to be good. Let me, sh- let me show you the second thing. The second thing is stay grounded in God's word. Now, listen to me. Read your Bible in 2016. Whether it's on your phone, whether it's on your iPad, on your computer, or it's a paper Bible. Here's what we do sometimes. We, we think about the Bible <clears throat> from memory. Now, I'm not against memorization of Scripture. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know a lot of Scripture. I mean, in the, in the time that I've walked with God, I've learned a lot of Scripture. We really focus on it in Power Kids, one of our big things in Power Kids. We want to do two things in Power Kids. We want kids to learn Bible verses, and we pick out very, uh, very, what's the word I'm looking for? They're basic, but they're also pivotal Bible verses. When, it, when a child finishes the fifth grade and comes to ground zero, we want them to have several very powerful verses memorized. The other thing we want is for them to know Jesus as their Savior. There's never a better time to get saved than when you're a child, and I believe in childhood conversions, and I believe that they're real and their hearts are tender. I believe in Bible memorization, but here's what you do sometimes as an adult Christian. 
you, you base your Bible reading on your memory. You don't read it anymore. You think about it. And I want to encourage you to not do that. Proverbs says, don't let your eyes depart from the Word. Now, I've done this, and I know if I've done it, I know you've done it. Have you ever read your Bible before or maybe read a daily, like a daily reading verse? You know, you get one from email or something, and you've heard it before, and you don't really read it. You skim it. Oh, man, I've done that. Yeah, you skim the verses. You think, oh, I know that. Oh, the verse today is John 3, 16. My gosh, who doesn't know that? And so you just kind of skim through it. I want to encourage you not to do that. I want to encourage you this year, read your Bible. Put your eyeballs on the words and read them for yourself. Read the New Testament. Read Psalms. Read Proverbs. Read the Gospels. Read the Epistles, which are what? Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Read your Bible this year. Take time to put the Word of God in front of you. Put it in your eyes and put it in your heart. Let me give you the third thing. Stand with God this year no matter what. I mean, it seems like we live in a time where we're being told, you know, well, you know, there is no absolute truth, really. You know, it doesn't matter really what you believe, you know. You know. I mean, it's very popular people on TV today doing specials, and they're telling you, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe. Just what, it, all that matters is you believe something. Well, that's not, that's not true. I, I want to encourage you this year to stand with God no matter what. Listen, the more you read your Bible, I'm telling you, the more you'll stand with God. The more truth you put in your heart, the more you're standing. Now, I'm not asking you to be a a racist or hard or hateful or any of those kind of things. I'm not insinuating that. What what I'm saying is is that you put your heart with God and you say, God, I'm going to stand with you and with your truth and with your word no matter what goes on. God, I'm making a decision. If you will, I'm drawing the line in the sand and I'm coming across the other side. And I've decided once and for all, God, I'm going to stand with you. Let Let me give you the next one. Don't be afraid. There's nothing the devil would like to do more than torment you with fear. That's what fear is supposed to do, by the way, is torment you. One of the verses that our kids learned in Power Kids and learn all the time is God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Whatever you're facing, whatever's weighing on you this morning, whatever you're worried about this morning, I want to encourage you in 2016 to go ahead and leave fear behind. You don't have to be afraid. My mother was afraid when I was growing up. My father worked nights, and she was afraid, and I'm not picking on her. She just was, and it made me afraid. And the devil's tried to use fear on me, and he's dogged me with it most of my life, and I have to constantly make a decision that I am not going to give in to fear. I'm not going to be afraid. Now, we can be afraid of all kinds of different things in this room. You can have all kinds of things. Maybe it's health issues. Maybe it's money issues. You know, I know people that grew up poor and they spend their whole lives fearful that they're not going to have enough money. Listen, don't be afraid. Listen, when you take a stand for God, when you read your Bible, that fear will begin to leave your life. And I want you to take it and recognize it as an enemy because that's what it is. It's an enemy. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but I have power and I have love and I have a sound mind. Let me give you the next one. The next thing I want you to do is not be angry. I know lots of mad folks in the world, and they're mad at the government. They're mad at the president. They're mad at the mayor. They're mad at their doctor. They're mad at the hospital. They're mad at the medical community. They're mad at their wife. They're mad at their husband. 
They're mad at their son-in-law. I mean, the list, right? They're mad at the coach, right? They're, they're, they're mad at the post office, right? I mean, they're, 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 just, they're, they're just mad, right? They're mad when they go to McDonald's. I mean, they're, they're, it doesn't matter where they go, they're mad. Listen to me. Can I encourage you in something? Stop being angry. It fixes nothing. The Bible says in James that the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. God is not moved by your anger. He is moved by faith. The Bible says that I'm not even supposed to be friends with you if you're angry because that will get on me. So I want to encourage you to stop being angry. I know why we're angry. We're angry because we're afraid. See, if you'll get past your fear, your anger will begin to go away. Don't be angry. Don't give in to that. Listen, if you need to be mad, be mad at the devil. Amen? Don't be mad at the teacher. Don't be mad at the medical system. Listen, you know what I'm a big believer in when you go to the doctor? When you pull in the parking lot, claim favor. Father, thank you that your grace and your favor is on our lives and that your grace and favor are on our doctors instead of, well, you know, they're all about money. Right? You know what I'm saying? Don't be that way. That's all I'm saying. Don't, don't be mad. Give that up and decide, man, God, I thank you for my, for my grace and your favor in my life and that your hand is on my life and that I'm not angry anymore. Don't be angry. Let me give you the next one. God's side is the winning side. Now listen to me very carefully. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm coming to get you, and we're going to be together forever. There's only one kingdom that's going to stand, and it's the kingdom of God. Now listen, I'm a flag-waving, America-loving, Texas-loving brother. Okay, I fly my Texas flag every day, rain, sign, snow. It's there every day. You can drive by this afternoon and see it. It's about time for a new one. I love America and I love Texas. But those kingdoms are not going to stand. The kingdom of God is going to stand for eternity. Now, if God will let me fly a Texas flag in heaven, I will. But if he won't, I'm not going to worry about it. Amen. So I just want you to understand, you are on the winning team, the team of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fear. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to worry because you're in the kingdom of God, and God is going to take care of us. Let me give you the last one. Make your heart completely God's. Make your heart completely God's. Have you ever felt like before? I know we've all had this experience. You face something and you think to yourself, well, part of me wants to do it and part of me doesn't want to do it. Have you ever felt like that before? Like you kind of have a divided heart and it may be over buying something or making a decision. I'm not saying it's anything bad, but you just have that feeling sometimes of, you know, I really don't know which way to go. Can I just encourage you? Give Jesus Christ your whole heart. All right, give him your whole heart. When I was growing up, one of the verses that I heard preached in the church I grew up in was that in Revelation is that Jesus is standing at the door knocking. He's standing at the door knocking on your heart. And what I was taught was you need to open the door and let him in. And the way you let him in is you ask him in to be your Savior. And I, and I did that, and I, and I believe that's a good, a good uh, understanding of that verse. But here's what I've learned since. Jesus never stops knocking. He never stops knocking. 
And I think there are areas in our hearts that we've held on to. There's rooms, if you will, in your heart that you've held on to. Maybe it's the room where your checkbook is. Maybe it's the room where your grandchildren are. Maybe it's the room where your kids are. Maybe it's the room where your marriage is. Maybe it's the room where your job is. But we've got these areas in our lives we've held on to. And we think, well, God, I love you. You can come on in, but don't go on into the rest of the house, right? You know how our houses have public areas and private areas, right? You know, when I come to your house, I'm, I'm probably welcome in the living room and the kitchen, but you don't want me back laying on your bed, I mean, you know what I mean, right? I mean, there's some public areas and private areas, okay? It's the very same way in your heart. You know, you let Jesus in the living room and you bring him some sweet tea, but, you know, you don't want him back in those other parts. Can I encourage you? Give him the whole tour. Give him the whole tour and let him have every part of your heart. Now, I know it's a journey. I know it takes steps. I know it's not going to all happen this morning, but here's what I believe. I believe if you will listen God will ask you about those areas. And he'll say, hey, what, what about your family? Will you, will you give them to me? Hey, what about your job? Would, would, you, would you give me your job? Hey, what about your, your money? Would you let me be in charge of that instead of you being in charge of it? I believe as you listen, he'll show you areas you need to surrender to the lordship of Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you in 2016 to begin to work at giving him your whole heart and allow him to work in your life and what you need to lay down, you give it to him. Let me read them to you one more time. Be aware of the times. Stay grounded in God's word. Stand with God no matter what, no matter what your friends say or your family says, you stand with Jesus. Don't be afraid. Don't give in to fear. Don't be angry. God's side is the winning side. And take that journey to make your heart completely God's. Now, these are just a few simple truths that as you and I journey into 2016, you can do. Now, the last thing we're going to do this morning is we're going to give out our 2016 cards that we do at the beginning of each year. If my ushers would come, we're going to give you a card. If you've been here very long, you know we do this every year. And we're going to give you a card that says 2016 on it. <clears throat> and there's a place to write down what you're thankful for in 2015. And then there's a place for you to write down what you'd like to see God do in your life in 2016. So the guys are going to be passing them out. Everybody be sure and get one. I think we have enough that if maybe you need one for somebody that's not here, you'd be able to do that. Grab a pen or a pencil. If you don't have one, I think we have a few pencils in the back we can give out. And let's just take a few minutes. The first thing I want you to do is write down what you're thankful for this last year. Take a few minutes and just write down a few things as you look back on 2015 that you're thankful for. Now, if you did a card last year and you have it and you know what's on it, you may write down some things that you needed to happen, happened this year. But take a few minutes and write down, hey, God, I'm thankful for this, whatever it is in your life. Get you a pencil or a pen from somebody. 
You may not finish your list this morning. You may need to work on it this afternoon when you get home, but go ahead and start it. Go ahead and just write down. Be sure to put your name on it so you'll know it's yours when you get home. Put your name on your card down and write down a couple of things that you're thankful for. Man, God, as I look back on 2015, I'm glad you did this. Was there enough cards for everybody? There should be, shouldn't there? Yes, okay. Thank you for doing that, Lou. Write down what you're thankful for. As you, get, <clears throat> as you get to the end of your list of what you're thankful for, then move over to 2016 and write down what you need God to do in your life this year. Whether it's your family, your finances, whatever it is you need. Hey, God, I need you to do this. Write down what you'd like to see happen in your life this next year. What I'm hoping you'll do is you'll keep this card somewhere where you can know where it is and you don't lose it. I always keep mine in the sun visor of my pickup. So I always know where it is and I don't lose it. And then I do two things with my card throughout the year. Periodically, I'll pull it down while I'm driving and I'll read off the things I'm thankful for and I read them out loud and I'm thankful to God for what he's done and I remind myself then I read what I wrote down that I'd like to see God do in 2016 I read it out loud and I read it as a prayer or a confession and I read it to myself and to God and I thank him father I thank you you're doing this in my life now we've been doing this for years and we've heard countless stories 
of people who've had 70, 80, 90% of the things they have written down come to pass. We've even had people who lost their cards and found them months later and were surprised that everything that they had written down happened. Now, there's no magic in this card, and I'm not insinuating there is, but there's something powerful about getting it out of your heart and putting it on paper. I want to encourage you, keep this card with you. I know many of you still have cards. I have my cards. I've talked to some of you, and you you have your card. And I would encourage you to get it out and look at it and remind yourself, man, God did this, God did that. I can tell you, honestly and simply, uh, we wanted a grandbaby this year. And they said her due date was January, I think, 5th or 6th, but she came December 30th. Vicki said, I called it. We, we wanted her, we wanted a baby, and a grandbaby in 2015. So I just want to encourage you, keep your card with you, uh, put it on your visor, put it somewhere. Uh, some of you, you know, another place I could put mine would be on the refrigerator because I'm there all the time. I would see it regularly, right? If you'd put it under your remote control, you'd see it all the time, right? I'm, don't stick it in your Bible. You'll never see it again, right? I'm sorry. I'm playing. I'm playing. I, ter- I told you to read your Bible, amen? So put it somewhere and, uh, and, and use it to encourage yourself throughout the year, amen? All right, y'all stand up. <clears throat> Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you this morning for this service. I thank you for this new year. I'm thankful, Father, for the things that you've done in our lives in 2015, and we're excited about what you're going to do in our life in 2016. I pray your grace and your blessing over every person here, over every family here, that your life, your love, and your grace are on us, and we are encouraged as we look to the future. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Y'all going to be blessed. I love you.